1: Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith with a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell. Well, have you ever felt like your life is more like a war zone than a tranquil oasis? Well, if that's you, fear not, there is hope for you because tonight, We're bringing you part 16 in our series entitled Peace in the Midst of the Battle. We oftentimes hear the word battlefield and we panic. Our minds run to bombs going off and machine guns firing and people running, soldiers screaming, chaos everywhere. But have you considered that there's also an intense battle raging in our thoughts, raging in our minds on a daily basis? But once again, don't despair. If that's you, there's good news. There's good news in the midst of this battlefield. But you say, what is that good news? I'm so glad you asked. To find out, you're going to have to stay tuned for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, are you contending
2: tonight? Yes, sir. And uh, tonight and every day in the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in radio land for Uh, joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Well, uh, we've been doing this series on the peace in the midst of the battlefield, and we know around us there's battlefields all over the world today. And uh, we are uh, in a battlefield right now, uh, in uh, the world, and especially in Southern California, uh, and I want to say this by way of introduction. Uh, recently in California, Southern California, a large uh, earthquake, uh, 6.4 on the Richter scale, and yesterday was a 7.1 on the Richter scale. And, uh, not only were many people shocked, but uh, some people almost lost their minds. And it was a wake-up call. It was a true wake-up call uh, to the people in Southern California. But it's also a wake-up call for all of us because none of us are immune from this uh, earthquake situation because people in the Bay Area have experienced this over and over again as well. So it's a wake-up call for all of us. Uh, We learn in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that even though uh, the earth has been cursed as a result of sin, that God sometimes uses natural disasters to teach us many lessons uh, so that we can depend upon him even more and pray more and to look to him more. And we realize that we're not in control. We're not in control of this universe. Only God is in control of this universe. And, uh, and so I want to spend a little time doing something a little bit different tonight and talk about uh, there are five lessons uh, we can learn from natural disasters that can teach us things. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I want you to get your pens and paper and uh, take some notes on these five uh, lessons that we can learn from natural disasters and what they can teach us. We are living in a cursed creation, and uh, the earthquakes is the result of uh, the earth being cursed uh, by God and the result of man's sin. So let me say this by uh, way of number one. Number one, the first lesson that we can learn from natural disasters and what they can teach us and help us to remember uh, the sobering truth that our lives are even so brief. Our bodies are delicate, fragile, weak, and vulnerable to the unpredictable catastrophes and perils of this life. Man is not in control. Uh, Earthquakes are a reminder that only God is in control. And all of the knowledge, all of the technology, all of the wisdom that man has, he cannot control uh, earthquakes. He cannot control tsunamis. He cannot control these sort of things. Uh, In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40 and verses 6 through 8, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 through 8, it says in verse 6, The voice said, cry, and said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is the flower of the field. (laughs) That's just how fragile man is, you know. And uh, Solomon said that... uh, Everything in the world is vanity and vexation of spirit. We're here one day and we're gone tomorrow. Uh, the blessing thing that happened with these first earthquakes is that <clears throat> there was no fatalities. We thank God for that. but they say some bigger ones are coming. Uh, I want to say this in verse seven of Isaiah 40, "The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth, because the spirit of the Lord uh, bloweth upon it." Surely the people is grass. It says that several times, grass. And why is it saying grass? Because grass is always cut down. (laughs) And one day, my friend, you're going to be cut down too. You're going to be cut down from your marriage, cut down from your family, cut down from your job, cut down from society, cut down from the world. You better be ready. You better get ready. Verse 8. Notice it mentions the word grass again. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth. But the word, notice it says, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Now that is a reminder that we should uh, always lean on God's word for guidance in the midst of all of these disasters. That's what uh, he's saying, Isaiah. The prophet is saying, lean on God's Word in the midst of all of these disasters, because that's where you're going to get peace of mind. We're talking about peace in the battle. That's where you're going to get peace in this battle, is through the Word of God. And a lot of Christian people, and a lot of people that go to church, just don't read the Word of God. That's why they get emotionally all discombobulated. Now, You know, this is what we need, the Word of God in the midst of these disasters. And, uh, you know, because these disasters can change like chameleon lizards, but the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Number two, the second lesson about natural disasters that teach us is that it is a reminder that the spiritual disasters and judgment from God is on its way to this earth in the future judgment upon this earth. So we're looking at right now natural disasters, but God is reminding us in the midst of these natural disasters, and make a note of this, that there are spiritual judgments and disasters coming up on this earth in the future. If you read the book of Revelation, it talks about in Revelation chapters four on that God is opening different seals and these seals are various judgments of natural disasters and spiritual disasters on the earth to men and women who have rejected him as king of kings and lord of lord. And this is why Jesus said over and over and over in the book of Revelation, he that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says unto the churches. You better listen to what God is saying and you better obey what uh, God is saying. The, the number three. The third lesson that we can learn from natural disasters and what they can teach us is that it is always natural disasters in one way or another. It's always a part of biblical prophecy. Make a note of that. It's always a part of biblical prophecy. That's a real important point. Because God allows natural disasters to remind us that it is getting closer and closer and closer to the end of the world and his second coming. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, which is a local prophecy and a future prophecy, in verse 3, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us what shall these things be and what shall the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Oh, that's a serious warning. There's so many men are deceiving people in churches and outside of churches. Verse 5, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. That's happening, too, in past history and even today. Verse 6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you be not troubled. <clears throat> See, only the peace of God can keep you from being troubled. And Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, John 14 and 1. And he goes on to say, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, this is the key verse, in verse 7. For nations shall rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences which is diseases, and here's the key word, earthquakes. Jesus said there would be earthquakes. Part of the sign of him coming back to the earth is that he said that there would be earthquakes in diverse places. Isn't that happening today? Right before us, earthquakes in diverse places. Verse 8, and all these are the beginning of sorrows. My friend, you think it's bad now? With these earthquakes, it's going to get a lot worse. I don't want to be a pessimist, but I'm just going along with the Word of God. The greatest authority on prophecy, who is Jesus, he mentions that the major sign of the prophecy that will happen in the world before Jesus comes back, before he returns, is earthquakes. And even the book of Revelation says that God allows earthquakes To happen over and over, not only to judge mankind, but to use earthquakes to turn mankind to him. That's why it says over and over, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Number four, the fourth lesson that we can learn from natural disasters to teach us is that whatever is intended for evil, God can bring good out of that evil. We learn about that in Genesis 50. Joseph said that to his brothers. Even this scripture is parallel to Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. Now look at this. Now one of the greatest natural, or greatest, uh, natural disasters, because it was a natural and disaster. It was a disaster what mankind did to Christ on the cross. But it was a natural phenomenon because the whole world got darkened, the moon, and everything was darkened. It was a natural disaster at the cross of Jesus Christ. You ever thought about it like that? The cross represents the greatest evil that mankind could do, Satan could do, the demons could do. The cross represents the greatest disaster. The cross represents the greatest catastrophe. And God used all of this to bring the greatest victory in the cross. So no matter what you are going through, what seems to be the greatest evil in your life, remember God can take that and bring good out of it. And let me say this, number five in bringing this home. The fifth lesson and the final lesson that we can learn about natural disasters to teach us that it should always lead us to do ministry, to be a witness, to be salt and light, to not be undercover agents but or secret agents, but to be out there to literally reach people as agents for Christ, to be used to serve and to minister to people, to equip our churches, to mobilize, to go out into the community. Matthew 25, Jesus talked about, you know, that we are to minister to the whole person, the total person. And uh, we need to let people know that you think the earthquakes is a disaster. To die without Jesus Christ is the greatest disaster that you can ever experience in the next life. In the midst of the greatest terrible situation and disaster, God has promised us that he can bring about good. Jesus promised that he would be with us always, Matthew 28 and 20. So the spirit-filled Christian always needs to point people to Jesus Christ in the midst of these disasters because people's ears are open to hear the gospel in these disasters. 9-11 brought people back to church. It brought people back to reading their Bibles. You know, in the midst of the tragedy, God can bring triumph. Those T's. And let me say this, and I'm done. I want you to remember this in closing. This is what I want to say. I'm going to share a short story with you. Um, Pastor Chuck Smith, who has gone on to be with the Lord now, he started the Calvary Chapel Churches uh, in Southern California. He literally... um, when he was a a young pastor, first called into the ministry, he was pastoring uh, in Huntington Beach. And he said there was times when things was happening around his ministry that he really needed uh, an encouraging word. And he would always go to uh, this older woman who had a radio program. And he would go to her And uh, she would always give him an encouraging word, and she would always say this, and I want to say that to you tonight so you'll never forget it. She would always say to him, Chuck, don't ever forget, no matter what you go through, that God is on the throne. God is on the throne, God is in control. And you and I, we need to remember that regarding everything we go through in our marriages, in our finances. With our children, in life, with sickness, no matter, even when you're on your deathbed, remember, God is on the throne. Even if the doctors said to you that you have an incurable disease, remember, God is on the throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding these natural disasters that uh, God allows to bring about good. Brother Gary.
1: Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break, and uh, we want to encourage you to give us a call. You know, the Lord can, can shake you. He can rock your world. He can wake you up with all of these situations, and sometimes we just need it. We get so high on our horse, we need to get knocked down. Dr. Buckner is f- fond of saying, stay low, <laughs> stay low. And God has a way of keeping us low and letting us know who's in charge. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for Contending for the Faith. We know without your prayers, without your diligent prayers, we would not have been on the air as long as we have been. We also want to thank those of you who have generously stepped up to the plate to prosper, to help us, to to um, partner with us, I should say, to financially for this ministry because not only do we need your prayer support but we need your financial support this is a listener supported ministry and so many of you for so long have uh, so graciously and generously stepped up to the plate to hit us a home run and we just thank you so much Uh, this week we want to thank Jackie and Alfred and Richard and Carol Um, without your support we know we couldn't do what we do. We also want to remind everyone that it costs us 400 a week to stay on the air. And right now we have a $2,500 deficit, and that doesn't include tonight's broadcast, which is another $400. So we need your help. You know, summertime is one of those crazy times when people go on vacation, and we understand that. We all need vacations. We all need to step back and refresh and allow God to pour into us. It's, it's very important. But as we do take those vacations, we have to remember not to take a vacation from our giving, from our praying, from supporting ministries like Contending for the Faith. So, won't you partner with us this week financially so that uh, you don't turn the radio on in a week or two and discover that we've gone off the air because of lack of support? We're believing God that He's going to take care of things through His people. And so, we want to encourage you tonight. If God has blessed you, uh, we always say, "Hey, the, your tithes go to your local church," but if God has blessed you to be able to give above the tithe, then consider partnering with us here at Contending for the Faith. If you've been a long-term, list, long-time listener, long-term listener, um, and you've never supported the ministry, now is the time. You know, now is the time. We need your help, not only through your prayers but through your giving. There's two ways you can donate. The first is go online. rather, I should say the first is to send a check or money order uh, to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second one is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. We all have smartphones or some type of device to connect us to the Internet. And that's all we need to do is go online to contendingfaith.org and click on the Donate button, and away you go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. You'll be contributing to a ministry that is touching lives and making a difference. And I think it's so vitally important that we are good stewards of everything that God has given us, our time, our talent, and our treasure. And as God has blessed us with the treasure portion that we are good stewards and we are giving to ministries that are making a difference. So we want to encourage you tonight. Now is the time to uh, pray for contending for the Faith, and now is the time to partner with us. Dr. Buckner.
2: Thank you, Brother Geary. Those are very important words for our ministry, and I know other ministries at this time of uh, year in the summertime is there's a lot of challenges. So as you indicated, we don't want to end up not being on the air because you and I can't uh, pay that uh, amount of money. So we trust that God will work through the people and touch their hearts from what the Lord has said through you. All righty, well, let's get to our callers. All right, we have CeCe on line one. Are you there? Yes,
3: hello.
2: How you doing, CeCe?
3: Um, how you guys doing?
2: We are truly blessed and uh, highly favored in the Lord, and uh, we trust that you got encouraged by the Word tonight
3: been a time I haven't listened to this program I haven't gotten encouraged the first night I listened to it I was grabbed and ever since then I've listened to you guys faithfully so yes I was encouraged appreciate it
4: uh-huh
2: what uh, stood out to you what what was something that really ministered to you tonight
3: honestly from the heart when you opened up about the earthquake that took place in Southern California and you know and how that God even uses those type of calamities to get people to cry out to him. And I was thinking about, like, you know, the probably people sitting in their restaurants. They could have been talking about the Warriors game, talking about things. When an earthquake comes, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? You could be anywhere. And at that time, nobody was expecting that. And so, you know, that, that was a really vital point what you made there. I'm pretty sure a lot of people were shaken up. And, you know, and, 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 and I know it did bring a lot of people to their knees. And how you said God actually uses that, and even how he brings brings you know out of certain situations if they seem bad, he brings good out of it. And you know, and I like how you how you broke that down, because that's I mean, and how you went to Matthew chapter twenty four and talked about how Jesus actually prophesized these things. And so somebody's listening who uh, don't believe in the Bible or you know, saying or agnostic, they can relate to that, you know, and, and that's what uses it. So that's why I like it how you do it. You talk about the practical aspects of it, but you also talk about the theological aspects of it and you did a really good job on it. And I appreciate that. There's a lot more I could be said, but I know I don't want to take up the time.
2: Amen. Well thank you so much for that good uh feedback. We appreciate it. And uh what's on your heart tonight? You have a question?
3: Uh yes I do. I wanna ask you a question in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse ten.
2: Mhm. All right. You have your Bible and your yeah. Uh the
3: word is right here in front of me.
2: All right. Why don't you read it, and then when you get to read it, reading it, let us know what you would like to know.
3: Thank you. First um, Corinthians twelve ten, it says, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. And that's it.
2: hmm Okay. And so what would you like to know from this verse of Scripture?
3: well i know there's there's too many components for you to, try to break it down all at once and it's a lot of meat so what i decided to do is if you could just explain to me when it talks about the working of miracles and another and then it talks about another prophecy and if you have enough time to turn the spirits, but if not i'll just stay on those two miracles and um, another um, prophecy you know cuz i know it's, there's other people waiting on the line
2: okay well that's a good uh, uh, question And I did a teaching on this, a class on the spiritual gifts of grace, and a lot of people were blessed by it. So I've dealt with this in pretty deep detail um, throughout the years. Uh, Let's start off first of all with uh, the fact that all of these gifts uh, come by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's constantly mentioned by the Spirit is given, given. You know, constantly you have in verse 7, The Spirit is given. And then it talks about by the Spirit in verse 8. So all of these gifts come by the Holy Spirit. Uh, And so you get down to verse 10, and it talks about uh, miracles. So that is another gift in the body of Christ. How do we know that the gift of miracles is still operative in the church today? It's uh, still operative because... We link that with uh, Romans 11, uh, 28 and 29. The gifts and callings of God is uh, irrevocable, which meaning that it cannot be revoked or rebuked. So it's still operative, but it's, it's not uh, a, a gift that is operative on the same level as the apostles because uh, the, uh, there was a purpose of them operating the gifts on a larger scale, But since the apostles, the gifts still happen, uh, not all the time on a normal level, but sometimes God will break into time and space and do it, do these miracles, because God back then was trying to really get the the people's attention like he is today, but on a greater level when it first started. So the apostles had those special gifts upon their lives. Now, so... The gift of miracles, let's look at all of these. Like, for instance, let's look at uh, verse 10 and uh, verse. uh, look at miracles and prophecy and discerning of spirits, even the other two tongues and interpretation of tongues. Let's look at it from the perspective of saying these are abilities given by the Holy Spirit These are special abilities given by the Holy Spirit, which is the gift of miracles. That's one. And then, uh, secondly, he mentions the gift of prophecy. So, uh, what is he saying when he talks about the gift of prophecy? Well, the gift of prophecy has to do with the ability of the uh, called person of God to not uh, prophesy like the way the prophets of old did, you know, uh, 17 prophets in the Old Testament, uh, because God operates through the church today with the prophetic word. So the office of a a prophet, an apostle, has ceased, but not the prophetic gift has ceased. Now that's something very important to note. The office of a prophet like in the Old Testament Jeremiah, Daniel, and all of them has ceased, but not the prophetic gift of prophecy. What is the prophetic gift of prophecy? That's preaching and teaching the word of God in the local body of Christ. So that's something important for us to know. And also I would link with that prophecy thing that uh Hebrews chapter one and verses one and two where it talks about in sun-dried times, God spoke to us through the prophets. Notice, in past time, he spoke to us through the prophets, but in these last days, he's spoken us through his son. So there's a shift from the way he spoke to us through the prophets, but now through Jesus Christ. And now we give a prophetic word through the word of God, and this is what it's talking about. Uh, When it comes to discerning of spirits, now here's another gift. This is another ability that the Holy Spirit gives uh, to certain people in the body of Christ, like I have that gift. That's why God has called me to be an apologist, to be a theologian dealing with cults and isms and false teaching. This is the ability of the Holy Spirit to give certain people this gift so that they can have the anointing upon their life to recognize false teaching— to recognize lying spirits and to recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So when you look at 1 John 4, he talks about the spirit of truth. John says, know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The only way we're going to be able to recognize that is to pray that God gives us that gift ability to know that, you know, and Walter Martin, my mentor, was like a spiritual hound dog when it came to uh, cults and isms, and that spirit has has fallen upon me, you know. And I thank God for that. It's like uh, Elijah was dealing with Elisha, and Elisha said before he died, he said, "Give me a double portion <laughs> of that," and he got it. So, and, and so the same thing is true with the the next uh, 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 two gifts as well. Uh, that, uh, you know, ability of tongues and the ability of the interpretation. And interpretation should always follow with the the gift of tongues, and so many churches don't operate that way, especially Pentecostal churches, and you know that's the spirit of error because you always got to have an interpreter interpreting it, Uh, you know, whatever that prophetic ability of speaking in tongues is. So anyway, hopefully that helps you out. That's a Reader's Digest condensation, and hopefully you got blessed by that.
3: Man, I really I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I got really blessed by that. You really um, broke it down pretty good. I've been looking over this verse for a couple of weeks now, so I, I appreciate it. And you encouraged me to keep studying it, so I'm going to keep, keep looking looking at it.
2: Amen. That's good. That's good. good. Keep up the good work, and I'm glad to help you out. All right, you have any prayer requests before we get to our next uh, caller?
3: Yeah, just, you can just pray for, again for my mother, Rosa Linda, and then pray for my family um, once again. And if you guys could pray for me and um, lift up the rapper E-40, his wife, I want to pray because he's mentioned the Bible a lot off and on in interviews. and talked about how God know, not that nobody's supposed to highlight God, so I want to pray that the Lord will lead Life, life to start going as well as um, Justin Bieber.
2: Okay, well, let's go before the Lord in prayer on that, uh, Brother Gary. All right. <clears throat> so, Lord, we just thank you
1: for Brother CC. We pray for his mother Rosalinda. We pray for him as well that you would strengthen and encourage both of them. And we lift up uh, the celebrities, Lord E40 and his wife and Justin Bieber. We pray, Lord God that these celebrities would come to faith. They need you just like we needed you, Lord God. And we pray you bring people into their lives, Lord God, that would represent you well, that would speak your word clearly with clarity and with anointing, with unction, that they would uh, bring to life their need for a Savior, Lord God, and speak that truth into their lives, Lord God. We just thank you today for being such a good God and that you've kept us and protected us through many storms and troubles, earthquakes and the like, Lord God, we're still here. And we're still able to do the work you've called us to do. And so we
2: thank you for that. We praise you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cece, for your call. And God bless you, brother.
3: Thank you, God bless you.
2: All right.
1: Really care. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more Contending for the Faith. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to encourage you to continue to pray for Contending for the Faith. We are in the process of having a $2,500 deficit from last week, uh, along with tonight's 400 So we need some support through prayers as well as financial giving. It's a critical time, and we know a lot of people are on vacation, but you can't go on vacation from your giving and uh, this summertime is a rough, rough period of the year for ministries like ours uh, as well as others and uh, they're all we're all going through the same situation where we need your support so if God has blessed you as a result of listening to this broadcast over the years, uh, now's the time we need your help not only through your prayers but also also through your your financial partnership. There's two ways you can donate uh, the first is to Send a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, uh, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Go on your smartphone, your tablet, whatever your device of choice is, and go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and the way you go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. And now is the time to be a blessing. We want to encourage you. Don't put it off. You know, if God is, Holy Spirit is nudging your heart towards your wallet, then stop right away and, uh, you know, go online and and make that donation. Write that check. We need your help uh, right away. This is a critical time. So we want to encourage you. Now is the time. Dr. Buckner.
2: Thank you, Brother Gary, for those encouraging words. And and wouldn't you also write that check or either... uh, You know, by PayPal, uh, send us an encouraging note as well that how much the program has been blessing you and your family. I just want to make a note, uh, an announcement, before we get to Brother Rick, um, that uh, a well-known, one of the leading apologists um, has gone on to be with the Lord, Dr. Norman Geisler. Uh, He passed on Monday... Uh, and uh, he and I were good friends, and I've had him on my program, he and Frank Turrett, uh, many years back when uh, we did an apologetic conference in uh, the Bay Area. We also did a conference uh, in Chicago, and I remember him asking me a question uh, coming from a scholar of his level, He asked me a question about the nation of Islam, or they believe in uh, that they can become a black god. I said, yeah, they believe in black polytheism, (laughs) and he was so touched by the way I said that. But this was a tremendous man of God. Uh, He has touched people, hundreds of scholars and other apologists, like my mentor, Dr. Walter Martin, and he... Uh, also was influential with Robbie Zachariah and many, many more. Uh, they are who they are because uh, of the mentoring of uh, Dr. Norman Geisler. Dr. Norman Geisler, for those that don't know, started two seminaries, and he also has written over a 100 books. And one of his famous books, he's written many famous books, but... One of the books I used in one of my classes on apologetics was Introduction to Apologetics. Uh, We want to encourage people uh, to pray for his family, uh, pray for his friends. He was 86 years of age. He lived a long, good time. And uh, apparently one of my friends said he had a blood clot and then went into a coma and just went on to be with the Lord. So remember Dr. Norman Geisler. And your prayers, we are greatly appreciate it. Okay, let's get to Brother uh, Rick. Brother Rick, are you there?
4: Uh, yes, I am, and I just want to say that Norman—I Ge- I had a chance to uh, to sit under Norman Geyser for a little bit. It was all worth it. He made he makes things very relatable.
2: Yes. Okay. What's on your heart?
4: We're gonna go. I- I'm gonna ask everybody to open up their Bibles to Acts chapter 16, verse 17.
2: Okay. And,
4: uh, and this, this, this is it? an area where uh, Paul has an encounter with a woman with a spirit of divination, mm-hmm. and eventually he he uh, draws he draws that spirit out of her, and and other things happen. But I'm going to go into a uh, key point in verse 17, and I'm going to read it for you. Okay. The spirit the spirit followed Paul and us and, and cried, saying, "These men are the, uh, are the servants of the Most High God." with it and show us a, the way of salvation mm-hmm. and this the, the, the interesting part is the way of salvation and this is coming from a uh this is coming from a spirit against god saying the way of salvation where we normally think a way of salvation it's generally accepted in, uh, in various translations and i'd like to get your input on it
2: okay thank you um that's a good question and uh kind of like let me give a little background uh of this too. Uh here is a young girl who was not only being used by magistrate men uh to profit uh money for themselves but here was a a, a young lady who was also being used as a prostitute uh and uh So she also was involved with the occult, and she was making a lot of money off of the occult. And what was going on uh, is that Paul and Silas, that's why he uses the plural us, Paul and Silas is carrying on a prayer meeting. And so uh, the devil decided to set up uh, their occultic practices right by the apostle Paul and see was Sue saying and and getting information and because uh divination and Sue saying is getting involved with the occult and trying to prophesy the future. So in the midst of this that was going on, it says the same followed Paul. See they were following Paul everywhere they uh Paul and Silas would go and and then And they cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now, uh, it sounds like the demons, through this girl, is endorsing the gospel. But the demons never do endorse the gospel fully. Uh, So in the Greek, uh, this is not the best translation, in the Greek it says, these men show unto us a way of salvation. It's a way in the Greek. So the devil never wants to say Jesus is the way, because John fourteen and six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's why you have all these religions say that you can get saved many different ways and many different methods. Now, this is very important for us to take note of. In verse eighteen. And this is something that every Christian needs to pay attention to. And this did she many days. And in other words, she was constantly disrupting the gospel. She was disrupting Paul and them reaching out to people and praying. But Paul, notice this, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, okay, may all of us pay attention to that and listen to that carefully. Paul, the Apostle Paul, turned and looked at the spirit in the girl. He didn't look at the girl. A lot of times when people get us mad and upset, we take it out on the uh, victims rather than the villain. Satan, to see the two Vs, Satan is the villain, people are the victims. But Paul was so wise in the spirit that he went right to the villain, not the victim. He wanted the victim to be set free, made free. But Paul being grieved, this is the same Greek word in, in Acts 17 when he turned and he saw the Stoic philosophers and the Epicurean philosophers have a sign to an unknown God that said his spirit was grieved. You know, it should grieve us today when sin is right in our face. Sin is in our culture. Sin is in our world. It should grieve us to the point that we Pray as a church, we pray as an individual that these spirits will come off of these people, and this is what Paul did, and that's why he got great results. Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, not the girl, the spirit in her, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and he came out that same hour. And notice verse 19. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace, unto the rulers, and they beat them and they scourged them. Now, I want you to notice this from verse 19. When you do what God calls you to do, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you, you recognize who the real enemy is, Remember it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rules of darkness and spiritual wickedness and heavenly places. When we recognize who the real enemy is and we pray that people will be made free— then God always ruined business among demons. That's what you learn in verse 19. where well, their game was gone, the Holy Spirit always ruins the business among demons. Well, we hear that music. Thank you for that great uh, call uh, as well as a great question, Brother Rick. God
4: bless. God bless. God bless you again.
2: Brother Gary. All right. Well, we've come to the
1: end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and so we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, and encouragement to us. So drop us a note, as Dr. Buckner mentioned earlier, and uh, let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell, and may God
0: richly bless you